Transmissions from the Dark Side is a tongue-in-cheek look at anthology horror, covering adult themes and concepts in very childish ways. Parental guidance suggested. Hi, you're listening to Matt, Matt, and Jen. Transmissions from the Dark Side. And I'll be listening soon. This is Tom Savini, signing off. This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side, he's a loner with a finger that becomes his buddy. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we're watching every episode of Shudder-exclusive Creep Show and reporting it back to you. I am Matt Knox with me at the table, very excited, already making noises, my best friends in the whole wide world. Please welcome Jen Hansen and Matt Rose. What we do around these parts is watch anthology horror. And uh, today we watched... He's no exception. That is correct, Jen. (laughs) Today we watched... Episode 2, Vignette 2 of the new Shutter series creep show, The Finger. And uh, it is customary around these parts that we guess, based on title alone, what this episode could be about. Who would like to go first? I'll go. The Finger. <laughs> it's a dark summer's night and teens at Lover's Point think they'll live forever. Little do they know that the finger is creeping slowly, slowly, slowly toward their parked cars. Ooh. Oh, my. I liked it. Maddie. All right. The Finger, Argentina, 1948. In a lab in the mountains outside Bariloche stood Air Dr. Warner von Stutt. Finally, after years of fruitless research, he was finally able to reanimate dead tissue. Now, with this piece of the jigsaw puzzle, he was only missing one thing to complete his terrifying vision. Adolf Hitler's thumb. Can <laughs> <laughs> Can he find it before his rival, Klaus von Schwarzenstern? You just took that from the movie They Saved Hitler's Thumb. I did. Yeah. Uh, can he reanimate Der Urbefuhrer before the planet's wine in five days? Oh, good. There's more. <laughs> Do you want Mama to fix it? Okay. Thank you. Last sentence. No, I got, I Not got if it. the reanimated corpse of George S. Patton has anything to say about it. Oh. Uh, no, I haven't gone yet. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> the dad from A Christmas Story never told his kid what not a finger means. <laughs> it's the tale of a Romanian king who loses his fingers to a traveling Roma. The unfortunate part is everyone who hears this story dies. <laughs> I was I was wondering why no one did. Not Question a finger. What not a finger and, means. Yeah, yeah. 
Unfortunately. None of these guesses are correct. So, Jen, please hit us up with the sweet deeds. Sweet deeds. Uh, we watched The Finger, as Matt said. This is part of the second episode, uh, Vignette 2 of Creepshow on Shudder. Uh, this episode was released on October 3rd, 2019. Uh, episode summary, a lonely man finds a strange finger that seems to be growing. Episode was directed by Greg Nicotero, uh, written by David J. Shaw or Show. Uh, David J. Show was a writer of The Crow, uh, also Critters Three and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Clark Wilson was played by DJ Qualls. He uh, was one of the leads in the sci-fi show Z Nation. He was Ed McCarthy in Man in the High Castle. Kyle in Road Trip. Detective Mosley was played by Antoine Mills. Uh, he's had many TV appearances over the years, has a small part in Furious 7. The uh, truck driver and uh, Detective Walsh were played by Jake Garber and Gino Crognale, respectively. They are both uh, special effects makeup artists uh, who seem to have worked with uh, Nicotero on many projects. Jake Garber worked on Star Trek First Contact, the uh, uh, 2004 Hellboy movie, The Walking Dead, the Grindhouse films, and was also in uh, acted in small roles in many of those. And uh, Gino was a makeup artist on The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and Sin City. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, the comic book comic book ads for this episode we uh we pan through the movie monster kits and uh then we have a page turn and we have an animated pan through the graveyard and we see the creep holding up a severed zombie-ish finger and then the creep says and now my rabid readers this fancy fable for fear follows Clark Wilson on a midnight stroll. Little does he know that his future holds a fantastic find, a devilish digital that I like to call the finger. The comic book swings wide open. And we're welcome to three days ago. <laughs> three days ago in Trashy Town. Uh, we're in the saddest apartment ever. Uh, lots this of fans. One hundred percent. Wake up! The Apple Dumpling King is on. <laughs> <laughs> this Let's is a, watch it as a family. This is a father who's lost his wife and kids because he can't keep it together. It, this is a sad dad bachelor pad. Ooh, my! Yeah. You guys laugh, but I, I literally my first note is, "Hey, how did they get in my house?" <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Well, the uh, Easter eggs come hot and heavy in this episode, and right out the gate, the creep show ashtray shows up right at the end of the coffee table. And we did not see it until we saw it on Matt's gigantic television. <laughs> Perfect for finding Easter eggs. <laughs> More Easter eggs than paws. Um, Clark Wilson is passed out in a chair in front of... Uh, he's got a setup of many televisions. Yes. Um, and many fans. Uh, and he hears this thumping and squeaking. Uh, he narrates through the entire episode. And it's a lot of uh, breaking of the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. So he's not only talking to the audience, but but leaving the uh leaving his scene and sort of interacting with the audience and commenting on it as well which is also breaking the fourth wall shut up jen 
So stupid. Hey, Jen? Yeah. You fucking shit together. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. He starts off by saying, my name is Clark Wilson, and I got to say, there's some pretty weird shit going on. Life moves pretty fast. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Were you guys familiar with the work of DJ Qualls before this? Yeah. yeah. I, I've always felt DJ Qualls gets kind of pigeonholed in roles yeah. as kind of the nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, the nerd or the skinny hillbilly. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he did star in movies with one, uh, God, Larry the Cable Guy. Mm. Oh, I never saw any I th- of that I think he run. was in like Delta Farce or something. Oh, oh that's, that's right. And he was on uh, My Name is Earl and, and you know, shows like that. He's so. got that look. He's Yeah, he's got a big head, skinny guy. He's tiny he's arms. very wiry. He yeah. is very wiry. He's built like Kenneth the Page. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, DJ Qualls has always struck me as that kind of like put upon, put down character. Yeah. He never really gets the well, he gets the upper hand in unexpected ways. I'm thinking about road trip here where he ends up having sex with one of the girls and they're Spoiler like Spoiler alert. <laughs> You're right. Never mind. It's only been out for ten years. <sighs> I mean, it was in the trailer where he holds up the panties. <laughs> I never saw um, uh, Man in the High Castle. Uh, so I didn't either. I I, I, I can't say whether he is. I watched the first season, but I don't know if, how much he's in that. The first season. Uh, he was in like he's listed in like I don't know twenty four episodes or something. So he's oh wow he becomes important important yeah, at, at some, some point. point. Clark continues to narrate this story as he is looking around his so he's heard this thumping and squeaking. He's looking around the house with the flashlight, just beer bottles and trash everywhere. Um, he knows he can hear something. Uh, eventually he lands on, uh, a very large chest freezer, opens it up, looks in, and then he's like, ah, but I shouldn't get to that part yet. So now it's... Gotta slow it down. Gotta slow it down. And I gotta rewind even more. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, we get him saying that he went for a walk. Yeah, you know the guy, or you know how they say no one in LA walks, or... No one walks in L.A. I'm the guy who walks in L.A. And walking in L.A. <laughs> Only oh, walking in. nobody walks in L.A. Walking in L.A. <laughs> Clark Wilson loves found objects. This part of the episode, because they're setting up, this is the exposition dump. Mm-hmm. Um, they're setting up who Clark Wilson is as a character. And Clark Wilson is a dick. Well, Clark Wilson is a sad sack. Yeah. 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 He, you sometimes, see the, sometimes he borders on incel. A there's little a bit. little. There's a hint of incel. Yeah. There's a moment where he picks up a lock and he's like, "This used to be new," and that makes me crazy. Like yeah. that's the guy at the bonfire yeah. who's like, "I'm gonna go uh, rip some jams in a second, but I just wanted to let you guys know, I feel real connected to you." Yep. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I don't say this often, but I think we should do this more often. <laughs> like that guy. Like there's a reason why we don't do this very often. Yeah. And it's called. Because of you. It's because <laughs> of what you just said. It's because you're about to go rip some shams <laughs> that nobody wants to hear. So we've established that my man, uh, Clark, Clark Wilson. He's a sad sack. He's a yes. sad sack. And then uh, 
he kind of starts giving you a warning. You're not going to believe this story. Because this story is a little unbelievable. Yeah. Would but, you call it crumbelievable? <laughs> DJ Qualls prefaces that the story is crumbelievable. <laughs> By, <laughs> by saying, my friend said he had a dog that could eat weed and rolling papers and poop doobies. And he never believed it, but you're probably not going to believe this story. And then there's a little more fourth wall breaking, and he bends down and picks up a severed finger. An articulated, but it's not finger. a human finger. No, it some sort of some kind of monster finger. finger. It's bony. It's long. It's got a long fingernail on the end. It goes all the way up. It goes all the way up. He takes this as a sign from the universe that the world is just flipping him off and everything sucks. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe it's my turn to flip off the universe. Well, it's one of those. <laughs> Statistically, so did, did you <laughs> did you guys uh, see what it was wrapped in? It was a comic book page. Was it a comic book from the first episode? I thought that I thought it, was it was gray matter from gray matter. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was gray matter. I wrote okay. in my notes. Is that gray matter? That's what I thought. Well, that's kind of funny because in the next scene Easter. we have an Easter egg of Harrow's light. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of Easter eggs in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so while he's bitching about how shitty his life is, uh, and he's talking about being, uh, what is he, a web designer? Yeah, he's a web designer, which means that he's basically unemployed, basically unemployed which I, 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 I took issue with that. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know about I don't know about you, dude, but <laughs> I'm not basically unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, while he has the finger there, while he's surfing the web, he knocks his beer over onto the finger which promptly soaks up the beer. Yes. Well, yeah. We, we, he, did we say he was looking up what the finger was? No, we didn't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw so stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid woman. <laughs> God damn. I mean, at least you said it. Uh, <laughs> I hate myself. No so, quid quo quo. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Jen. <laughs> Back to the episode. Okay, here we go. He's looking there, online and he's trying to figure out what animal this has come from. It's not a raccoon. It's not a frog. What is this? <laughs> there was a frog hand. What and it's not that. Is it? No one knows. He doesn't know. He accidentally knocks his beer over, but we kind of have an interesting theme slash motif that's happening here. We have the Harrow's called back mm -hmm. there, but when he spills the beer, the finger soaks it up, which is we've also seen in the the wolf episode. We saw the blood get soaked back. Oh, into yeah. The, the wound. Yes. Wasn't there something else? I thought there was. I'm trying to think of. of... Oh, no. You know what it was? Uh, it was in uh, the, was it Museum Heart or whatever, where he picked up the mummy's heart. You're right. Yep. And it yep. soaked okay. up the, yeah. I doubt that it's a, it's a real callback to monsters, but no. it's only because we've watched monsters so recently right. that yeah. I think we are able to do that. It sucks up the hero's light and he's like, you know what I want to do? 
I want to put this finger in the butter dish of the dead. <laughs> so this I'm, is... I'm not exactly sure why he was so fascinated by the finger soaking up all that beer. I mean, I would have appreciated it, but I don't know if I would have immediately, like you said, put it in the butter dish and said, you're a keeper. <laughs> you're a keeper. <laughs> oh, this needs to be in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> he puts the finger in the fridge. He gets a phone call. He's super pissed off because that's uh, kind it's of a his MO. Collector. Yeah. Basically, anything that disrupts his life with reality, mm-hmm. he's not a fan of. He cannot be bothered. And he's like, die, die, you should die. Yeah, yeah he smashes the, the receiver onto the, the phone and kind of at this point, about it. I didn't know what was going to happen in the episode. But I was like, oh, this is going to be like a monkey's paw. That person's going to die. Yeah. That would make sense. That, yeah. that was that was my first thought. I had no idea that it was going to become what it became. That would make more sense. That w- not. This was such an odd turn for the episode. that I, I And I liked it. I actually like. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But uh, he, he talks to the audience a little bit and, and says, like, you know, I'm not usually this aggro. Um, but don't you just, don't you wish you could make them suffer? Like, I, I think at some point he says they're less than human, yeah. which was, oh, a, was a problematic yeah. thing to say, but, um, I, I struggled with him in this episode, um, which you're supposed to, he's, it's a very creep yeah, show. Mean, he's, he's not the most sympathetic character. Right. Um, I, yeah, I don't think you were supposed to like the DJ Qualls character. No, but I think DJ Qualls did a great job playing him. I did, right. I did too. Um, I mean, he's... He's... You're right. He's a sad sack. He's not a guy who's going out there and doing terrible things to people. He's just the guy who complains a lot. Exactly. He is the, oh, woe is me. Mm-hmm. Well, he, the woe is me doesn't stop. He talks about how his uh, wife left him and her two kids. One, The son tried to steal his car. The daughter offered to blow, to blow him. him if he kept her secret meth habit and the fact that her new fiance was in prison for murder mm-hmm. secret. You know, I mean, things that are really easy to do. Sure. Yeah. So it was just all, you know, marriage is terrible. Life is terrible. I want to make everybody pay. Yes. The next day, he is talking to his agent Boss? about Howard? about work. Um, and he's saying that he's not going to take an assignment because it's a blog. And what is this, 2006? And, oh, well, they're paying customers. It's monkey work. Or no, he said donkey work, mm. uh, and and the guy was like, "Yeah, but it's donkey work that pays." Uh, and donkey then, work that pays is my favorite type of porno. <laughs> <laughs> donkey work that phrases the pays that pays. <laughs> Channel nine five five plays the hits. Came over, man. I like the second one. That is even more defeated. The second one was my favorite, too. (laughs) All right, Matt, take us to the act break, please. Uh, So while he is complaining to his boss or 
whoever it was. Uh, he opens the fridge. I don't know to get the half empty jar of grape jelly. This that's is in there. completely <laughs> the refrigerator of a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've got I've got no purple stuff, no sunny D. I've got depression and half a mustard, <laughs> uh, and an overturned uh, butter. Container yeah, the with no di- finger. The butter what, dish of the dead is now so, cracked open. What I am really impressed with is that the finger was able to escape its butter dish prison, get out of the fridge, and then close the fridge again. <laughs> well, it's conscious of it, it's L.A. <laughs> you know, it's not going to waste electricity. Fair point. Fair point. DJ Qualls turns around. A.K.A. Clark Wilson. <laughs> what is he, this on the floor? Yeah, he he traces it back uh, to uh, being in a sunbeam uh, right by the front door, and he touches it, and it wraps its two little fingers around. His now finger. it has two little fingers. Yeah, it's super sweet. Yeah, and he he like looks at it, and he kind of like smiles a little bit, and that is the end of the act. Yeah. And we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Introducing Kraft Natural Cheese Crumbles. The Crumbelievable. New Kraft Crumbles. Intense nuggets of real Kraft cheese crumbled right off the block to give your favorite foods the big cheese taste you love. That big cheese taste that blows you away. The crumbelievable. New craft crumbles. Good. They're crumbelievable. And try new craft crumbles and three cheese and mozzarella. Uh, okay, we need you to take it one more time. Yep. Can, can you make the crumbelievable a little more funky? Yeah, yeah, I got it. They're crumbelievable. Great. That still sounds a little flat to me. Uh, <laughs> could you just really make it dumb? Uh, they're crumbelievable. Um, can you be like, have more of an attitude? Maybe just pull out your penis, just the tip a little bit. They're crumbelievable. Okay. <laughs> that was it. You, your cheese gives me questions that sprinkling <laughs> answers for me. I want to put you and cut. I love the ad libbing. Let's not do it though. <laughs> Let's get ready to crumble. Oh, that's fun. Add more of that. <laughs> Super saturated flavors, or what the what the fuck was it? This is fresh off the block taste. Buoyant bricks of cheese. <laughs> They're so buoyant. <coughs> Dump them in ranch. Look at them float to the top of your mouth. <laughs> They're crumbelievable. Oh. I have to shit. Oh. <laughs> that turns crumbelievable. Oh. Oh. See, do you think Edgar Dice Clay got like. A fraction of a fraction of a percent of royalty for Absolute the commercial. Fucking Please tell me that he got a fucking <laughs> shitty ripped tank top out of this deal. <laughs> you know, I just keep coming back to crumb believable because they're like well, crumbs, right? <laughs> Here's look. Nobody's getting out of this room until we, <laughs> until we figure out what to do with all these goddamn cheese crumbs. 
You know, when you cut cheese and crumbs all over the place. You know, How do we make money from that? I mean, normally it's like it goes into slices, right? But this fucking cheese. This this fucking cheese crumbles so goddamn much. There's not a thing I could do. It's but cr- the problem is it's so packed with flavor that it just crumbles apart in your hands. But the thing is, we make great goddamn cheese, but it's so crumbly. It's so fucking tasty, but so fucking crumbly. This batch be crumbly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's the ABCs of cheese. Always be crumbly. <laughs> but the thing is, this is a sharp cheddar. A sharp cheddar will cut your finger when you crumble it, man. You put this in a salad? Pow! Fuck your mouth up. Uh, I had a fucking pound of crumbles before I came over here. You guys want to do a line of blow? The blow is crumbles. You know what? The last... Everybody loves crumbs. I mean, let's let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. Everybody loves crumbs. Oh, man. And the big beefy crumbs. Oh, give me a big meaty crumb. <laughs> You want a you want a hefty crumb. I want a crumb I can hold in. My I want hand. a hairy crumb in my hand. Yeah, I want to just jiggle it. I want I'm, look just a little bit. We can jiggle it. I want to see you jiggle, jiggle it just a little, little bit. Do we do we have a second ad? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that a Jello ad? Wiggle it just a little bit. Oh God, I think you're right. Oh. Uh. All right, let's let's be back. Let's let's, let's finish just, this. Yeah. And we're back. So now the, the hand has two yeah. fingers. Well, no. That, now, now it's in less than 24 hours. He has a whole arm. And he he's really excited to know what comes next. But I, I think this is the part where he was investigating with a magnifying glass and said, like, I think I need to call an adult. What would an adult do yeah. in this situation? Which was irritating and endearing at the same time. There is a portion of my mind that went, is this turning into alien autopsy? (laughs) Uh, So a little while longer, which translates to three days. Yes. So we cut back to the, back to where we were at the beginning of the episode where Clark hears the banging and the breaking. Right. Prior, Prior to this moment, he... He has the whole arm, which is on a sheet tray that he puts in a freezer. And in the freezer, we see a carton of stuff. stuff. Uh, Matt found that. Yeah, Matt I, Rose. I, I, I made eyed. Matt Rose. I made Matt go back, much to the peril of us being able to watch the episode. <laughs> I was using my Xbox for prime viewing, and I uh, looked like a goddamn fool. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. You, we, you do it. We got a brick of cheese. <laughs> and we're just going to crumble it a little <laughs> into a bag that we sell to unexpecting dumbos. So why do we call it crumble little bowl? Because they're just little crumbles? Crumble little bowls. Yeah. Oh, they it's crumble little bowls. Oh? <laughs> well, we're going to just call them craft crumbles. Okay. But the, the marketing is going to be crumbelievable. Oh. What the fuck? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, 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 so crumbelievable. Clark goes downstairs and he's like, got a big gun here. 
and uh, nothing. He goes over to the uh, freezer, the freezer, and the he freezer. sees that the the lock has been broken off, and it's. I don't think it was hanging open, was it? It's it's cracked. <laughs> the The freezer is no longer closed. It's cracked. Okay. The because the lock is popped up. Okay, that's what it was. Right, and he, Clark is kind of bummed out. He's just something else that's left him. <laughs> one more thing that was in his freezer that's now abandoned him. Well, it, so the, one the, more the, finger that grew into an <laughs> anthropomorphized <laughs> monster. Uh, so the the reason why that he gives for why he's upset is that this was some this was the first time that he had um, salvaged something that then left him. That betrayed him, I think, is how, how he phrases it. Duh. I then wrote, this is a real slow Hellraiser thing happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at the window in his basement, and the window is broken. <laughs> the monster, or the arm is gone. Because, and I don't know if we said this or not, when he said, I want to call the adult, he, he really just comes to the conclusion that he needs to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a yes. little bit turns into three, three days. days. Yes. Yeah. And I think he figured if he puts it in the freezer, it won't grow. Which I would think, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So now we're back to the interim. Now we're back to where we started. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, the banging around and he goes to the garage and opens the freezer and he looks inside and he sees a little creature. Yes. Bloody little curled up, definitely alive. You see it's breathing. I, I immediately kind of sounded like it was purring a little yep. bit. Yep. I immediately thought face hugger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that it looked like an alien too. Yeah. Yeah, because it has a long kind of segmented tail. Mm-hmm. It. This is a great practical prop. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I had the puppet it sort of looks like a KitchenAid. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, awesome. This is a great, this is a great puppet. Um, and on the counter is a heart. heart, human heart, with a blood trail leading to it. He and he, he, I think he goes and looks at it and says, "That's a heart." And that's when we hear knock, knock, knock on the front door. Uh, we've got a couple of detectives there. They are letting us know that Samantha, his ex-wife, has died. Uh, he does not. Give a shit about this, which he tells us in his his breaking of the, the fourth, fourth wall. wall. Yeah. He puts on a big show for the cops. So, you know, my Samantha. And, oh, no. Yeah. Tears, tears. I wrote DJ Qualls is acting. Yeah. <laughs> but he's kind of schmacting. He, mm-hmm. He's being he's because he's let you in that this doesn't mean anything to him. He's really turned on the. Whoa! Yeah. Honestly, though, it doesn't look like the cops are buying it either. And he knows yeah. that. He knows that they'll be back. Yeah. Uh, each each consecutive time you see the cops, they see less and less like they are just asking questions and more and more like they are looking around for things to use yeah. in their search warrant application. So. so he knows the cops are going to be back. I think he starts looking up basically like his rights online or something. And then he starts looking for the uh, pictures that he knows they're going to ask for. Yep. While he is looking, while he's surfing, surfing the web, he um, he sees the the little creature runs through the room, and it's so great. Oh, I love this! It looks so awesome, much. and he sees its reflection in-, in his monitor. And I loved that it was drinking water from the faucet like a cat. Yeah, <laughs> do cats do that? Oh my oh, god, yeah. they won't stop. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, like I have I for my cats, I have uh like a water recycling fountain. Mm-hmm. They still go and they drink out of the faucets in the bathroom. Oh, interesting. Do they turn it on themselves? No, oh, no. They just them? they just you know, if there's a drip, oh, they're yeah. there they're there drinking. Huh. He then sees that oh boy, we really got it on the counter. We really got it. He looks at it. And he pulls a young Frankenstein where he's like, hey, good looking. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing hisses at him. He freaks out. The thing freaks out. Thing comes running at him. Uh, Clark falls out of his chair, kind of shrieking. And the creature runs over. He jumps up on the edge of the chair. But then it seems like he's like mimicking Clark's behavior. Yeah, because Clark is like protecting his face. And so, yeah, uh, the creature protects its face. And then he comes up and he's looking at it and he starts talking to it and uh, i think he asks it its name yeah. and it's just like i don't speak english yeah yeah he just, oh, he just that's bob yeah okay. yeah and so he's like do you like bob and it nods and he, he asks, asks him if he needs to to go outside side. um this was the other thing that this was the big thing that didn't pay off for me that so i didn't know maybe you guys have an idea of why this happened he says he's going to take a little picture of him with his phone he pulls mm-hmm. out his phone takes a picture of him why didn't that ever come up later in the episode when he's? I'm I'm not really sure why okay. that didn't come up either. I think I, that's I, a yeah, it's a big red herring and a okay, uh, kind of a loss. Yeah. Uh, it's also an act break. Oh, and we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. What a welcome to the neighborhood. Wait till you taste my Margie's dessert. Dessert? I didn't make dessert. Oh. Instead, I made some fun. You've already made the neighborhood fun. Um, here's the deal. I didn't make a dessert. I'm going to be real honest. <laughs> Instead, I made some goddamn fun. I want you to put your hand into this jello because inside this jello, you have some PCP. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's hand activated PCP. <laughs> Do you want to awaken your consciousness or don't you? Quick, quick cue for the group. Do you consider pudding or jello a dessert anymore? No. Um, I do, but that's that's because I cook for one. So, <laughs> if I was served a dessert of Jello, oh, I don't eat Jello. So yeah. you know, it's made from feet. No thanks. But yeah. like I, if I did. And someone was like, hey, here's a bowl of lime jello. I'd throw it in their face. No thanks. I, like, I enjoy jello when I'm sick sometimes. So, I love this classic Midwest confectionery yeah. where it's pretzels, uh, yep. whipped cream, and jello. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the, the what? It is a pretzel base, then it's covered in like. Cream cheese and Cool Whip, I think. Yeah. And then it's strawberry, strawberry jello. jello on top of that. So that is a taste I love. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would consider that a dessert. That is a dessert. There's That's other a composed things, there's other plate. Things that, yeah, there's yeah. other things that play there. Whereas, like, 
I remember when I was a kid and like on the rare chance we would get to go out to eat and we would go to like Big Boy or something, you'd walk by the dessert, whatever the thing Kiosk, is. That, yeah, yeah, the yeah, rotator. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And you would see like a little a little thing of... A little parfait dish of... Yeah, of jello with like just a little dollop of whipped cream on yep. the top and... Yeah, cubed jello. Yeah, like th- th- I don't think you'd ever see that now. No. <laughs> I think it is very much a dessert of its time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember in the early 80s, there was kind of like the Jello Jiggler thing. Yeah, the Jigglers, right? yeah, the Jello One, Two, Three. Right. But like. <sighs> Even, I think it was once, it was, it was so novel in like the 60s that, that it was such a fun, like magical, uh, right. you know, hip Peter Max dessert. But like now, pudding because of the pudding cup itself mm-hmm. has become associated so strongly with like kids' meals. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely isn't a even chocolate mousse is like a rare dessert. Yeah, you don't have people making chocolate mousse really. Chocolate mousse goes inside of something now. Right, everything. I think a dessert is like a composed thing. I, I can't. I don't consider it a dessert if it is ninety five percent water or milk. <laughs> like yeah. hot chocolate, I would not think well, of except as for a dessert. except for ice cream. That's true. That's true. But like even a plain scoop of ice cream, I, I, I don't know. I guess ice cream is maybe there's more steps involved. So I'll, I'll ice cream it. transcends. Yeah. Whereas Jello is like goop. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think that I would go go ahead, Matt. Go finish your thought. Yeah. While I was uh, giving uh, Rosemary a bath tonight, I was thinking. I wonder if there's a like a male goop, you know the uh, oh like the the Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow site. And, oh yeah, and then I was like, oh yeah, it's just everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a Comedy Central kiss my daughter and yeah. Your thoughts, Maddie? Um, I was gonna say that I I still thought that pudding was a dessert, kind of, but. A lot of people, a lot of younger people especially, who have never seen cookbooks from the 60s mm-hmm. do not understand that they used Jell-O for everything. And It like, was a savory. Yes. Yeah. That's just what I was going to say is that there was meat. Yeah. You would see like olives and ham. It simplified uh, aspic. And, yes. Uh, just. Yeah. Disgusting. There was a, there was so much cubes of meat and gel- and gelatin. Yeah, yeah. It looked like a hard D&D. boiled eggs, like a spinal column running through it. Oh, there was I... there was a time where it was like it was cheap, kind of like pickle and pimento loaf type. I yeah. had cheese, but like when you had no money, no anything, it would be like cubes of ham, bo- hard boiled eggs, a wash in gelatin. Yeah. That you would then slice thinly and put on a sandwich. Oh, oh, oh nightmare disgusting. fuel. Disgusting. Disgusting. Well, let's come back and land this plane. Yeah. And we're back. The third act begins well, with Clark cleaning up Bob's mess out in the garage. He's wiping up blood. He puts the heart in a 
I don't know, like a plastic garbage. Bag. Yeah, like a yeah. plastic bag. Throws in the dumpster. Yeah, he uh, he wipes Bob off with a napkin, which is a very sweet scene. It really yeah. is. He is delighted by Bob. Bob's delightful. Bob I like can't Bob. let him down. No, no, he can't. Bob is easy to love because Bob doesn't require anything of him. So he looks back, uh, he peeks in on Bob and he's in the freezer sleeping and making the little purring noise. Uh, and then he reveals that Bob really likes multi-arc television dramas. The kinds that never end. Yes. Soap operas. Yeah. And, and popcorn. also popcorn. And, and I love... I love that he gets in front of Bob, in front of the three or four working TVs, and Bob starts to bark at him. Yeah, he like starts to try to like lean around Not, him yeah. to see the TVs. I just wrote down, better door than window, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's he's messing with him, and then he... <laughs> He pours the like the little thing of like he has a little tub of popcorn. He pours popcorn in there, and then Bob looks up at him and then barks, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like thanks, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the little Bob puppet eats popcorn, and it's yep, so cute. It is adorable. Loved it. Loved 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 this. Well, the heart, which belonged to his ex wife. Mm-hmm. Comes back the very next day. Well, wait. We have to. We have to say that a telemarketer calls again. Oh shit! And and Bob. That's right. That's right. Bob yells at the woman, calls her a Nazi, a Nazi bitch, uh, slams the phone down, and then you see Bob's head poke up over the couch, and he's like, "No, no, I'm not yelling at you. That I was yelling at that terrible woman." And they hold hands. And they hold hands. It's real sweet. Yeah, they're buddies. I would have preferred the episode end there, but it did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're all like, yeah, yeah, that would have been nice, <laughs> but it keeps plodding along. So the heart <coughs> that bl- his ex-wife's heart shows back up in the fridge. Bob went to go retrieve it, uh, during the night. He grabbed it out of the trash. Uh, and this is when Clark realizes there is no stopping Bob if he wants to get out and go retrieve something. Uh, he, he's going to do it. So Clark he, has to, in fact, he asked Bob, he's like, you know how to fetch. And Bob goes, ah. <laughs> the Bob, the Bob puppet in this whole episode in general, it is, it's very clear this episode and this, this puppet, this is Nicotero's love letter to practical effects of this time. Like, uh, Lizzie from tales from the dark sides inside the closet. Mm-hmm. Correct, Matt. Or the, uh, I also think of uh, the trilogy of terror. Yes. Oh, with the Zulu fetish puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's wonderful. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's great. Clark is outside. It's like the next day, and he almost gets run over by a truck driver. uh, With With truck nuts. With truck nuts. These truck nuts. Uh, And then he explains happily that Bob went out and got the truck nuts and brought back the guy's real nuts, too. Uh, they again go right down the disposal. Uh, but since these were not a heart and they were easily destroyed by the, uh, garbage disposal, he gets some blood spray on his shirt. Yes. And then, uh, Bob disappears for a little while. Yeah, Bob's gone for like 24 hours. Yeah. And he, he paces around the house. He's out in the yard. He's, he's looking all over for Bob. Uh, and then as he's looking, he sees there's a little bit of blood. Mm-hmm. On the counter, <gasps> Bob's back. He goes out into the garage. He looks, and there he is, sleeping, and there's a little bit of blood on him. And there's a tongue on the counter. <laughs> and he's like, 
what's happening? But it, he does something else. He goes back to Bob, who's in the fr- who's in the freezer mm-hmm. sleeping, mm-hmm. and he has this dream. Because does he tongue, identify? The, does he identify the tongue belongs to the? Yes. Somehow he knows that the tongue came from the debt collector that Bob was able to track down this debt collector. And this is such a great sequence of him wondering how did Bob find her? Did he fly? And we see Bob flying through the air. Oh God! With little bat wings. Yeah. Like little, well, yeah. He has like little flaps, yeah. like a like a, like a uh, flying squirrel. Kinda. Yeah, a flying squirrel. <sighs> It's so awesome. I love it's really it. cute. It is. And like, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but his tongue was out of his mouth and it was along the side of his face. <laughs> and he had like oh, little, little webbing under his. Yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah. Guys, we love Bob. The cops come back to get pictures now of Shannon and Ricky who, uh, who have disappeared, his ex's kids. Uh, that's because Bob has killed them and brought their heads back to Clark. Uh, and he, he tells the cops, oh, I've just been so busy lately. Like, hey, um, what's on your shirt? Oh, it's uh, it's a red sauce. It's uh, it's bolognese. That's, yeah, that's it. That's, that's the that's ticket. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You definitely look like someone who eats and not murders. <laughs> we won't be back. We definitely <laughs> won't be back. And then Clark basically shuts the door and he's welcome to the two heads of his kids. <laughs> oh, God. On the counter. Uh, so he... He says, if I were to drive these over to the ocean and throw them in, you'd just bring them back the next day, wouldn't you? And Bob just goes like, (laughs) of course I would. So he gets what looks like a blacksmith's hammer and just starts beating their heads in. Like he's going to beat them down the disposal. Yeah. 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 He basically is like, you know what I want to do? Play the hammer game with these heads. (laughs) (laughs) He did have a big, it looked like a workshop or something in his garage. Yeah. But, uh. Neither here nor there. But it was a funny. It wasn't a fun image. I was gonna say. He, he smashes the hell out of these. Uh, yeah, there's, heads. there's blood going everywhere. And cool. as he's doing it, we start to see red and blue flashing lights. It's the cops, baby. And then um, DJ Qualls starts to narrate more and more. Uh, but now we see that he is in a padded cell. I told you you wouldn't believe this story. Hey, Bob's out there. And he loves me. I couldn't kill him. I couldn't hurt him. How could I? The thing is, he's going after everybody who's wronged me. Yeah, he just, he just doesn't want to see me hurt. Isn't that love? How can... Uh, I mean, doesn't everybody bother you in some way? Wouldn't another? you all want a little uh, a little alien guy to go kill for you constantly ah, here i go killing again <laughs> well anyway nothing's gonna stop him and he's gonna come in here whenever the hell he wants i'll hear his little scratching fingers he's my buddy and then you hear the little chirp chirp bob loves me yeah the oh. end great app loved it loved it uh let's go to the writer's room is there anything that we would change or questions left unanswered yeah there was um just a couple of things that really didn't go anywhere like the picture like the yeah like him taking the picture and i guess it's again it's the comic if you start asking too many questions you're you know missing the spirit of it He, he was so unlikable that i wanted him to have 
get in more trouble, but I guess if he ended up in jail, in jail or a mental institution, that's fine. I guess it was so ambiguous about whether or not Bob was real at the end. Like it'd be one thing if he was just in a mental institution and was going to stay in there forever, but it seemed like at the end Bob was coming back. So yeah. there's a lot of little things that were kind of red herrings all over the place mm-hmm. because there is one point where you see him writing in a journal. Yes. Yeah. On his PC. PC. And, uh, but it made me think like, wait, is he an author? Is this all in his mind? Yeah. Uh, is he going out and killing? Is this a Tyler Durden situation? Right. Um, and I didn't need it to be ambiguous. Yes. I didn't need it to be he's crazy per se. Mm-hmm. Like that you won't believe it is fine. But I know it's real. Just grab my phone and there's a pit like, you know, like a line yeah. like that. Just grab my phone. There's a picture of him. He's real. He's real. Yeah. Yeah. And then if the phone didn't have the picture, I would have been fine with that kind of Twilight Zone. Right. And because if you had heard the scratching at the window, even after you had seen that there was no picture, then I would feel like, okay, cool. Like, that's the kind of ambiguity that yeah. would be... I the, would be okay that's with. the top is still spinning at the yeah. end of... Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. know if this story needed the um, the um all of the, the narration and breaking of the fourth... Like, I don't know. I liked the story. I don't know if I liked the way it was told, necessarily. It's the anthology horror easy way out, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of him talking to himself, he's going to talk. He's going to break the fourth wall and talk yeah. to us. And I guess he's if he is somebody who's like an angry loner. How do you show that without him explaining himself? Yeah. yeah. And there were a few times where they used the cells of the comic to this help. This episode looked good. Yeah. Well, yeah, it looked great, and they used the comic book format yeah. to soften the blow of the self narration mm-hmm. yeah because they showed him when he was walking on the street in pains mm-hmm. with the dialogue in the in the blocks and yeah, that's such even... a common comic book trope but yeah i mean that it didn't necessarily bother me but it also wasn't a hundred percent necessary mm-hmm. what do you think maddie uh no, I mean I I, I understand uh, the, the the points that you guys are making. Um, aside from, I mean, because we don't know all the stuff that got left out, right. it's it's kind of hard to know, you know, what. Yeah, you know the the picture. Maybe that would have paid off. Um, had some scenes not had to have been cut, but, but they're but holding, then why keep it in? But they're holding yeah, themselves yeah, to I'm, this twenty-two minute format. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be this. You know, maybe that's something that we'll see in future episodes or future seasons. Where, yeah, because this isn't ever going on network TV. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. They could Fair loosen enough. the reins a little bit mm-hmm. when they yeah. have a story that is worth. Um, doing that with but if their original thought that this was going to go on amc or it's going to air on amc later mm-hmm. that makes sense though. you know then that they're, makes sense though. then they're like hey let's true enough true enough let's keep it to time yeah uh i i was telling matt before you got here jen that uh 
this show is the most successful thing that Shutter has ever had. I and just read that, yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, the first weekend they had more streaming hours than the top four things before it. Wow. Combined. And those were all movies. Wow. Twice the length of an episode. Jeez. So, yeah, this uh, this also apparently has gotten them a lot of subscribers. That's great. Though, you know, we I, I think a more accurate predictor would be how, how many, many subscribers. Stay? Yeah, how many subscribers are there going to be in a month mm-hmm. once the free month is over? Right. This is but, also October. Yeah. October. October. Transmission's October. That's right, baby. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm definitely excited to see what they will do for a second season because it's basically guaranteed mm-hmm. by yeah. how well it's doing that there will be a second. I would agree. Um, I the only thing I'm a little concerned about is uh, how thin Greg Nicotero can be spread because he's doing all the stuff with The Walking Dead. He's the executive producer, the director of some episodes, the showrunner, and the creative director for the show. I wonder if he'll step back from that at any point. How involved is he in uh, Fear the Walking Dead? Uh, he's not. Okay. Good for him. I mean, like, Canby still does the makeup and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's he's very involved in Walking Dead. Uh, and he's instrumental in Creepshow. Mm-hmm. But, you know. The... I mean, he could also be like, I think my time with Walking Dead might be over. Or he could just move back a little bit. But, I mean, you know, Creepshow is six episodes, Walking Dead. Right. You know, he can two. do Creepshow while Walking Dead. And they had Dead's a really tight shooting schedule for this, They too. did. They did. They they really got it done quick. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was... And he loves it. Like, this might yeah. be the Steam release. Steam release? Uh, yep. This, this might be the, this might be the uh, project Pressure. that helps him blow off Steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he loves it. You can tell this is a love letter yeah. to the anthology horror that we watched. Yeah. And have watched ad nauseum. And continue to watch. And we'll have to go back to once forever. this is over. <laughs> Any final thoughts about this particular episode? Um, This, I wasn't as crazy about this one. And I don't know why. But I think that's also the function of, you know, anthology horror that you're just not going to, that some are just not going to... Hit you. Hit yeah. you in the right place. It, it I was, loved the puppet. Yeah, it was definitely different in execution and different in spirit than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Where Grey Matter, obviously, we were familiar with the short story. Mm-hmm. House of the Head was really a, a taut, surprisingly effective uh, haunted house story. Uh, the... Um, the Wolf and Out. The, yeah, the, the Wolf and Out. That one... Just to me was straight out of the pages of an EC comic. Yep. This one felt much different. This one was a little more. This one was a lot more mean spirited, which I think would also yeah. fit into a comic. But just uh, it it it's to me seemed kind of a tales from the crypt. Mm, yep. Uh, episode. Yeah. I agree. Well, Jen, give us a scale, please. Sure. Scale of uh, one to ten uh, little freezer pals. I'm at an eight. I'm at an eight. Uh, okay. I give it a uh, six and a half. Right on. Okay. I, think uh, I give it a seven. I give it a seven. Yeah. I, my eight is because it's so... 
I love the puppet and the yep. practical effects so much yep. that I think it's worth watching just for that. Yeah. Um, and the story is okay. Yeah, and the sense of humor in it is is fun. The interactions with the puppet are fun. With exactly. Fun. Yeah. Um, you can get in contact with us at T from the Dark Side on Facebook and Instagram, TFTDS Pod on Twitter, and you can email us at T from the Dark Side at gmail.com if that's what you're into. If you're looking to help the show out in any way, shape, or form, uh, please share this on whichever social media platform you prefer. Yeah. It helps so very much. Um, have a wonderful continuing Shocktober. Transmissions Tober. Guys, did I forget anything? Uh, try, try to, to enjoy, enjoy the daylight. daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. Bye. 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 Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hanson, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTDS Pod. Email us at T from the Dark Side at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.